I'm Dr. Jacqueline Duget, and you're listening to What Is Black Podcast. I'm excited to share another special guest, another children's author. Her name is Dr. Lynette Mawinney. She's an associate professor and chair of the Department of Urban Education at Rutgers University. She has previously published three books, a fourth in progress, and 27 peer-reviewed articles and book chapters. One area of her academic research focuses on autoethnographic explorations around biracial identity and development, and that'll be um, important as we talk about her new book, Lulu, the One and Only. So let's get started with the episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I was wondering if you could share, before we before we get started talking about the book, if you could share an overview of Lulu, the One and Only. Sure. So the story of Lulu um, is Lulu is biracial. Her mother is Kenyan American and her father is white American. And, you know, she really loves and embraces her family and, and all the beauty that her family has. But she gets really annoyed when a lot of people come up and ask her, what are you? So it's one of those questions that kind of irks her. And her brother, Zane, her older brother, tells her, you know, she should build what's called a power phrase, which is kind of a way to be empowered when responding uh, to this question. So his power phrase is, I'm magic made for my parents. And so the book continues with Lulu trying to search out what will be her power phrase um, when she gets bumped up with the question of what are you? Oh, I really, I really love this book. One, because of the message from the book. And also two, myself being biracial, I wish I had a book like this, right? When I was growing up <laughs> to have someone affirm me. And then third, when I've had discussions with parents about, so how do I talk to my child who's biracial, right? You know, one parent may be African-American about, you know, race, racism, right? And is it too, you know, is it too difficult a subject? Do I, how do, how do I, how do I really talk to them about their racial identity? And so I think this is a great tool. So having your expertise in, in this area, I wanted to delve into that a little bit more um, about like why, you know, you mentioned that this was a passion project of yours. Why, why it was so, so important for you to write? And then two, how do you feel this will help parents who are struggling, you know, with talking you know, talking about their kids about um, their their either biracial, multiracial identity. So first is a passion project because, uh, like you, I'm also biracial, and I also wanted to see books like this with myself growing up. So so that's kind of where it all started. And you know, for me, I have had a lot of you know similar to what you're saying, parents, even you know, teachers, just just a whole bunch of other folks, but also, but when we're talking about just the familial aspect, when I've had parents come up to me and ask, like, how do I kind of like raise a biracial child or what do I do? And it's interesting. My first reaction is always the first thing you need to understand is that you'll never understand your your child's experience. And some parents are like, yeah, absolutely. And like, from there we can continue on conversation. And (laughs) others have been, you know, it kind of upsets them when I, when I say that, but I've had a few folks come back later and be like, now I understand what you're saying. Because no matter what, like it's, it's a whole different experience and a whole different ballgame. And with that, there's, there's not much in the literature period. So from my researcher, you know, Lulu literally lived in my head for a decade. I've walked around with her in my head and finally one day decided to finally just, you know, put it out all on paper. Um, and it happened very quickly because I've been thinking about her for so long. And... Uh, in all of that, 
I, I started to actually research, okay, well, what is actually out there, right? I'm a teacher educator, and um, I know in the classrooms you don't see a lot of stuff, but maybe there's stuff out there I don't know. And I started digging to see what kind of children's literature is out there dealing with any type of biracial identity or just having a biracial character, and there is not much at all. So I'm like, this even furthers you know, the concept of really trying to build this book. Um, and it's interesting because some people think like, uh, my family makeup's not the same. So my mom, my mom is white and my dad is black. Um, so what has been interesting with, with this book is people think like, oh, is this a reflection of me completely, like my story? And there's certainly elements of that. And I think there's elements of a lot of people's biracial experiences within it. Um, but it's not like the story of Lynette, <laughs> who's now called Lulu. And that was also important for me to show that an own voices approach is important when writing a book and when doing a children's book, but um, but it can look differently. It doesn't have to be a this is my actual experience. It could be these these are some experiences I've experienced and others, but we can have a completely different character. Um, I hope that made sense. No, I think I think so. Like you said, right? Everyone's experience is different, and I definitely had conversations even recently with my father about this idea. Cause you know, we talked about hair, right? Cause growing up, so I'm, I'm the only biracial, <clears throat> immediately biracial person in, in my household. Right. So my biological father is, is, is white. Mm-hmm. My mom is, is, is black or I guess she would identify as black, but, and my dad who I, my, the dad I grew up with, he's also, he's, he's black. Mm-hmm. So they knew that I struggled um, growing up um, with, you know, deal with my hair. And so, so I'm saying all, I'm saying all this to say that I think this is such an important book because I think the approach my parents took when I was little to affirm me was, you know, black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. And I, I love that fact, right? I, I identify as black, even though I, I also, you know, have these other identities, like, you know, this hyphenated identity, but I think that wasn't enough, right? It wasn't enough to, I think, protect me from, who am I? Why do I look different? Right. And I think that's what I love about this book, right? Is the approach that her brother takes, right? The approach that her parents take in celebrating both sides, right? And really addressing, you know, you kind of you kind of address that head on, right? You know, with the, you know, I, I won't give away too much in the book, but there are scenes where you'll see, you know, see dad and see mom and their interactions, and you actually, you know, get a glimpse into you know, some of the things that, that Lulu is struggling with as well as her brother struggling with, as opposed to a book that's just like, you know, oh, you know, everything's okay. You know, this is just a mono, monolithic identity. So I think, I think you had a great explanation of, um, hopefully I didn't ramble too much in no. my response to your question. No, I mean, and, and you, you hit on, the concept of like, so, so I'm the same as, is you know, most biracial people, we, we, most of us identify as black, right. But we do have this hyphenated experience and in the height, within the hyphen and living within that, right. There's, there's these unique interactions that happen, such as Lulu constantly being asked, like, what are you? Cause she's so ambiguously Brown to others, or as you were alluding to in the book, you know, how people are reacting to her parents. Um, you know, there is one scene in there, which, Every time I've done read alouds, uh, people cringe at it, but it's real. 
Um, which is, you know, people coming up to the mother in the park and asking, oh, you're the babysitter, you know, how much do you charge? Um, but those are real realities. And that's probably why in the book, it, it, help, it we cringe, but we, you know, can lean in a little bit to it to kind of understand or, you know, get a perspective of these experiences from the parental side and also from the child side. Yeah, which I think is great because I think even for a for a children's book, we know that kids have reactions. Um, very, you know, they're observing. They have, you know, they they have feelings, right, based on how people are treating them or not treating them, right. And I think when we talk about race and racial racial identity, it seems like it's a little taboo, right? It's like we can talk almost we can talk about almost everything else, but when we talk about racial identity, it, it seems like you said like that cringe factor, that scene where the mom is asked about whether or not she's a nanny. And it is true, right? I mean, I've seen, I've seen plenty of stories, you know, and lived experiences where that, that happens and that's hurtful, right? But you don't, but, but that's real. And I think it's important for kids to see, to see that that really does happen and potentially ways to, to sort of deal with it as a family, right? Which I think is, which I think is so important and, and is a, is an important for kids, right? Because again, I think, and I think even the publisher of the book, I think, makes a difference, right? So this book was published by Imagination Press, right? That's really known for, um, I think, really being conscious about the 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 books that they put out, as well as providing, you know, additional resources for parents and even kids to try to figure out, like, how do we really have these conversations about the topics that are brought up in the book? So, which I think is, which I think is, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. And that's, that's particularly why when I finished finally brain dumping everything I've been thinking about with Lulu for 10 years on the pages, I knew I was going to go, I was going to send it out to Imagination Press because of the, the, the critical work that they do. And I'm so thankful that they, you know, took the book and published it and weren't afraid to kind of water down some of these uncomfortable you know, experiences that happen in the book. But what also is nice about the book is it is, you know, lighthearted. It's not all super heavy um, as Lulu is trying to, to figure out her power phrase. So I think it also makes it easier for families to talk about race because of it. Um, it's not, you know, it's not sugarcoated, but it's also not like down in the dumps and you're going to feel depressed after it, <laughs> you know? No, no, no. Which I, which I think, which I think, again, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to harp so much on the heaviness of it. Right. I mean, that, that, the heaviness of the topic. Cause I think, you know, for me, like, that's like, that is like been my, my identity. Right. So like I could totally relate to Lulu, but I did love her joy. Even, you know, when you see Lulu on the front cover, you're like, Oh, she's like, you know, she's so lovable. Right. And even going through her experience, right? There's this, there's this resilience. There's this. She's very affable. It's like, oh, okay, right. You want to root for Lulu? Yeah, and you know, it's even amazing, even with her on the cover, and you know, Jenny, the illustrator, just how she brought Lulu to life was amazing. But when the book was just out for pre-order, so it wasn't even out, so people didn't know what the pages were. It was just the cover that people were seeing. I got so many messages from parents saying my kid was so happy because they kept saying Lulu looks like me. You know, it was, that was it. It was just the cover. It wasn't even the rest of the book, but they were just so shocked that like this little girl on this front cover looks like me. And so I think that also is just the power of trying to have, you know, 
um, really trying to diversify characters in children's literature to really be reflective of who's out there. Oh, I totally agree. So I wanted to to go back to this the concept of the power phrase that's really really important to the to the narrative, and how you came up with the concept of the power phrase, and whether or not it came out of your research or personal experience. The, the power phrase came out of my personal experience. So, um, so you know, I grew up. You know, although I'm biracial, my parents divorced when I was two. My mom, who I call my dad, you know, he's Jewish. So I grew up basically with white parents and in a white community <laughs> where I was asked this a lot and it really bothered me. Um, so I started having, you know, these different phrases that I was used and they, they altered over, over the life, over my lifespan, right? And I'm sure they'll continue to alter um, as I continue to get asked the same question. But when I was in high school, I was very snarky. So it was like, when it was like, what are you? I was like, I'm fabulous. Thank you for asking, (laughs) you know, but now, especially since I'm a scholar of, of race, um, I actually use it as a way to open up and create some dialogue, you know? So when people ask me that, I'm like, that's, that's really interesting. Like to tell me, tell me why you're asking me that and let's talk through it, you know? But basically my power phrase, at whatever moment it was in my lifetime, it was kind of my, my empowering mechanism to uh, really deal with this question. And so talking, you know, with other biracial friends and not necessarily from the research, more like anecdotal stuff. People had different ways of having a quote unquote power phrase um, in their own experiences. So that's why I just kind of dubbed it a power phrase. Like I didn't even call it that in my life until I started writing this book. And I'm like, well, that's what it really is. It's a power phrase, a phrase to kind of um, empower the person who's being asked this. Um, And so that's how it came out from personal experiences, from anecdotals, from, from other biracial folks. Um, my research on biracial identity didn't really speak to this specifically, but I'm sure if I were to dive into it, I would find more people who definitely use this as a way to support, um, that with dealing with that question. I'm excited to welcome our new sponsor, Puzzle Huddle. Puzzle Huddle creates puzzles that feature diverse black characters. They believe that when children play with toys that feature images that look like them, they have the opportunity to be affirmed and engage in imaginative play in a very personal way. And I believe this brand really supports the mission of What is Black to help raise healthy and thriving Black children through play and seeing themselves reflected back in the toys that they play with. These puzzles are also a great excuse to play together as a family. One of my favorite puzzles is Ballerina Love that I'm looking at right now. I was excited to unpackage it and actually put the puzzle together. It features a beautiful brown girl dancing. I'm ready to frame it and put it on my wall. It's that good. But there are so many other wonderful choices featuring characters that are doctors, which I love because I'm a pediatrician, scientists, and so much more. Buy your puzzle today. Check them out at puzzlehuddle.com. But I think when parents read this, I think, you know, again, this is just another, another great tool and resource, I think, to share with kids. Yeah, and, and that's why with um, with this book, uh, we built a curriculum and activity guide for parents and for uh, teachers, because for me, it was also like, I, I want it to be something that has legs and um, 
you know, that parents and teachers can really use this and come back to it and have activities with it. And so we have a free activity guide um, with this just just for that exact reason, uh, to really help support parents and teachers in utilizing this book and how they can engage with it with their child or with their students. So I will definitely share that resource um, when I put out the podcast, because I think it, I think it's definitely going to be important and needed, you know, both, I think based on both of our experiences, you know, talking to parents, right. Or, or talking to friends, it's like, I think it's definitely a needed resource. Like how do I, how do I have these conversations? So I did want to ask you your thoughts about the book, the relevance of the book now, given current events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting when George Floyd happened, uh, it was right almost immediately after um, the book came out. And on Twitter and other social media platforms, uh, people were coming out to say, hey, you know, in this era, it's important to talk about race. And this book does a really good job of being able to do that and to engage it. So um, I'm saddened that we're in this state. And it's one that we've been in for a really long time um, for, you know, centuries but um but I'm glad we're we're now at you know people have been talking about it as a dual pandemic right we have covid and we have racism um and so in the era that we are in now where people are starting to actively talk about it more um I'm glad that this book can be used as a tool for that and it can be done um again in a way that's shows people's truth and but yet it's a way that can you know bring forth this dialogue one of my colleagues she has uh twin boys um they're little seven-year-old you know white white boys and um you know she during this time and with george floyd and with lulu they were having she was telling me they were having conversations at the dinner table um and the boys were understanding their concept of white privilege she's like before I could as an adult, as as a seven-year-old, and how the book tried to help, you know, that process with them just having these conversations and understanding who they are in the world, too. Um, So that's why I think this book is, it's not just for biracial children, it's for everybody, um, because it can gauge people in different ways and make them think about, uh, you know, what's going on in the world, I think that's a perfect role for children's books, right? Because I think for so long, right, we want to tend to to sort of marginalize or, you know, classify books, you know, for this group of people, right? Mm-hmm. And and only for this group of people. But like you said, your your book, and I think most books should have a universi- universe, universality to them, right? Yeah. That, again, you know, this this whole windows and mirrors and doors, or sliding glass doors, right? It's just opportunities for kids to see other people. And then for those kids who may find something very similar, right? You know, something to kind of like lean into with the character. I think that, I think that, I think that's a true gift to do that as a writer. Hmm, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Just that I'm just going to take in the compliment. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. You're very welcome. You can tell that this book was written from a place of love, right? And I and I think I think that's what what people want to get out of a book, right? There's like there's a joy, there's an exuberance in Lulu, right? And you can and in, in some ways, right, it's kind of like there's a beat to Lulu. 
mm-hmm. how the how the artist took your words, right, and even how you wrote the words. So I think you know. So I think people will you know be, will ha- be happy to you know to to befriend Lulu and, and follow her on her on her journey. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's ex- exciting. You know, some people have said and asked, "Is Lulu going to be a series?" Because like she has so much joy and so much to share. And I'm like, that's a really good question. And um, you know, I thought about this version of Lulu for so long. Um, it's like that could be an interesting challenge as a writer to think how how do we continue her her views on the world with her exuberance? You know. Oh yes, I think so. Yes. She's, she's, and she even has on the cover. I want you know now that I'm looking again because I have the have the book in front of me. You know that power stance in a way, and I don't know if that was intentional <laughs> or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like that stance where you just have like your your hands on your your hands on your hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good question, I guess, for Jenny who created that. But it, it is really true now that you say that, um, which is great because that's exactly what the whole book is about is about, you know, self-empowerment. So mm-hmm. I think so. So, yeah. So I think even if it wasn't, you know, conscious, <laughs> even if it was subconscious, I think, I think that was great. And so I did want to talk with you about what's on the back of the book. So mm-hmm. the phrase, the phrase at the, the phrase at the end of the book was like, oh, I think it's again, another wonderful mantra for kids and even for adults. It, it, the, the, the mantras, the mantra is, it's not what you are, it's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was that was kind of powerful. Yeah, it, you know, it's this whole idea of we we live in a world that constantly wants to um classify, right? Put people in different boxes and specifically around right that's where this question where are you comes from, right? It's like what are you so I can put you in what box so I can classify you in some way? And, you know, the, the whole point of this book, is like, it's more of like, who am I? <laughs> like, what do I have to bring into offer into this world? And, you know, what makes up a person is more than just the color of their skin and trying to classify them in, into this box. Um, and so that was really, that, that whole phrase kind of gets to the heart of, the concept of the power phrase itself, you know, the fact that there's more than just like what me looking ambiguous. Um, What does that mean? You know, um, for Lulu or for Zane. So uh, yeah, I think it was kind of a nice way to wrap up. Like, this is what it is. It's, it's not about um, what are you, but who are you? I think which is awesome. So there's a question that I, and I, I need to get more in the habit of when I want to try to do do more. So so the podcast, What is Black, really is about delving into, you know, challenging who what blackness is and how how individuals identify as black. Right. Just so that we can open up the conversation. Like you said, right, it's, it's about it's really about who do you who are you? Not about what color you or, or so. So the question that the question that I like to pose to to guests is. When I say the phrase, what is black? What does, what does that mean to you? That means three things. To me, black is beauty, brilliance, and resilience. So um, and in those three things, I think those are elements that media, right? Not, not, the, not understanding the deeper essence um, blur over, right? So I, I do think black is beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a common phrase, but it, it's 
one that, you know, media representations don't necessarily embrace. I was just thinking on my LinkedIn, it just popped up. A woman was talking about, um, she's being a newscaster and, um, on her reel, she had, uh, she had micro braids on in and someone was like, you need to take that out of your reel. You're not going to get a job. And she's like, I left it in and I got a job and I wear braids at my job. (laughs) I was like, go ahead, sister. But, um, so, you know, black is beautiful. Black is brilliance. Um, and that again is not often what is seen or the stereotypes that are gone through, but it's the reality of, um, of everything. Um, and, in resilience. I mean, this country was built on, on the backs of, uh, you know, black ancestors. And so just being beaten down and, um, getting up again takes a whole type of resilience and it happens to all of us on micro levels, um, on the daily. So that's what I think black is. Awesome. Awesome. So what are, what are your hopes um, with the book, I know, you know, someone has kind of put a, put a bee in your ear about maybe Lulu being in a series, but are you, have you started to think about maybe what other, what other projects you want to work on next, or just, are you just, you know, basking in the, in the glow of Lulu? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm trying to, uh, so because I lived with Lulu for so long, she got on the pages and was sent off in a two week time span, which is unheard of, right? So- So um, now I have like, I have one or two stories that I've been playing around with for the last year, but you know, they don't come as easy as something I've been thinking about for a decade. But I think thinking about the thinking process is the writing process. So, um, so in some ways I've been writing her for a decade, but um, yeah, I would like to do more children's books for sure. Um, But at uh, the age of 41, I just had my first child. So I'm, I'm an older parent, like adjusting to um, motherhood. She's eight weeks old now. So my oh, congratulations. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. My writing schedule is a little bit different. And so I'm going to have to find a new groove. Um, but I definitely want to put more children's books out into the world. And there has been a little bit more discussion of Lulu be- becoming a series with the publisher. So um, I just need to really think through it and um, make sure that it's going to continue to honor her voice as a character. And so how do you feel now having, having a book to share with, to share with your little one? I, it's really exciting. Um, just the fact that, you know, <laughs> in some ways, funny enough, she, she kind of looks like Lulu. Um, so, you know, and she's my husband's Kenyan, so she's Kenyan American. So it has that aspect. And so you may have been manifesting her all along. You just I, didn't know. <laughs> Exactly. So, so yeah, it's just really exciting that, um, you know, people have been starting to drop off like children's books and stuff. And just to think like, wow, there's one in the pile that was, you know, written by your mom. Um, that just feels really good. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) let's just hope she likes it when she gets older. (laughs) I think, I think, I think she'll definitely, I think she'll definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Especially, you know, because you're going to have like this whole library to read to her, right? And then, you know, you just throw in Lulu yeah. on occasion, right? Or maybe it could be every night and then she's like, okay, I like Lulu. And then if Lulu becomes like a little stuffed doll, <laughs> <laughs> Even I'm already merchandising for you. 
Thank you. I like it. <laughs> so before we, before we wrap up, this has been a wonderful conversation and I truly enjoy reading the book and have truly enjoyed speaking with you. How can, how can um, my listeners or our listeners hear, learn more about you and your work? Sure. So the best way uh, to learn more about me and my work is my website. So it's lynettemawinnie.com. That's L-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E-M-A-W-H-I-N-N-E-Y.com. So on there, um, they can access not only the children's books, but I also write academic books too. So um, it has links to that. It also has links to uh, the parent and uh, teacher curriculum guide for Lulu. And if anyone just wants to reach out and just, you know, chat with me, you can do it through the website. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Mawinney. It was, again, it was wonderful speaking with you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What is Black Podcast. And again, I'd like to extend a special thanks to our special guest, Lynette Mawinney. She was amazing. If you'd like to listen to other great episodes, please Find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and so much more. When you're there, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us. We'd love to hear how well we're doing. And also, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at What is Black. That's at W-H-A-T-I-S-B-L-K. And you can sign up for our newsletter on our website at whatisblack.co. Until next time.